Good morning. Welcome to Family Life Church. <laughs> We've got a lot of sick people today. We'll have to pray for them. But that's okay. It doesn't matter how many are here because God's going to meet with us. And I had a dream last night. It was a dream of this service today, which is kind of weird. I guess it was on my mind. But the, in the dream, the Spirit was really moving on people's hearts. And there was a lot of, you could just see the manifestation. And so I just believe that God wants to do something special here today. Um, in our lives, if we'll just open up, surrender to him, don't get focused on outward things, but just set our hearts on him this morning. So let's go ahead and stand. Um, we're going to spend some time in worship here before we hear Greg speak today. So God, we just, we thank you for this opportunity. God, we do bless those who are homesick today and trying to recover. Lord, I pray that you would just be with them where they're at. Lord, let them feel your presence, Lord, as they're just healing and, and getting the rest that they need, Lord, that you would have your way in their lives, Lord. But God, I also pray that, um, you know, you're fully capable to be multiple places at once. So Lord, we just welcome your presence here with us as well. Lord, we focus our hearts on you. We set our minds on on what you want to do here today, God. We just we, we um, humble our hearts before you, Lord, that you could have your way in our lives, Lord. We set aside the busyness, the distractions, the hindrances, Lord. We just put those down at the foot of the cross, God, because we've come today to meet with you, Lord, to encounter you in a fresh and a new way in our lives. God, we need you so fully, so completely in our lives, God. We can't make it another day, another moment, Lord, without your presence, Lord. So we just want to meet with you here today. We want to come together with our brothers and our sisters and lift up our voices to worship you, praise you, pour our love on you, God, because we know that you come and you inhabit habit that, God. Your ear draws near whenever you hear the worshipers lift their voice, God. So help us today, God, to just give our all, to give everything we have, just pour it out for you, Lord. Some of us may feel like it's just barely a whisper today because of what we're going through, but God, you'll take the whisper and you'll take it and you'll just bless it and you'll multiply it, God, and just fill us with your presence, God. And so we thank you for that, God. We just humble ourselves before you, Lord. And just say, come, Lord Jesus, and have your way here in this place. God, get us out of the way, and you just come and do what only you can do, God. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.
everybody got to see Kent's uh, Facebook Live this week for the property. But when I think of this song, I think of that. Show me something that's too hard for our God, because really that should be an impossibility that we broke ground this week or any time in the near foreseeable future. But God's bigger. He's greater. He's better. He's doing it. And in his timing, we, th- we sometimes think, come on, rush it up, God. But God says, I'll do it when I'm good and ready. And, and he's doing it. And we're, we're so thankful. And so that song just really just puts me in mind of that. Show me one thing that's too hard. I haven't seen one <laughs> in my lifetime, 41 years now. I've not seen one thing that's been too hard for God. So we thank you for that, God.
so thankful to you. We could sing songs of praise all day long and it wouldn't be enough. service and whatever word that you've brought today, Lord, that you would just continue to purify our hearts, God. Convict us, Lord. Make us more like you, Jesus. Our goal is to look like you. So God, whatever that takes, remove the barriers, Lord. Remove the things that don't reflect you in your heart, God. We want to see you, God. We want to know you. you're doing, Lord. So remove anything that would hinder us from that, Lord. As we seek your face. I just want to ask if you'd like to get comfortable, whether that's standing or sitting, that's fine. I just want to that pass up a moment here. Julie, if you would continue to play, I want you to sing, um, bring you more than a song. And as she sings this over us, that we would just position our hearts, that we would truly bring him more. He's so worthy. Number one preacher saying, don't let what is wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God be things going on in life or this morning or whatever the case may be and I just want to encourage you don't let what's wrong don't let what's off don't let what seems to be out of alignment keep you from worshiping what is right with God and so Julie would you sing this Father we give you give you our hearts and our focus just position your heart to him your mind's attention your heart's affection give it to him
Those words, let those words be action in your heart. Just give him whatever distraction or whatever the weightiness, whatever thing might be pulling on your mind this morning. Just give that to him. Just give it to him. Father, we give it to you. The things that would distract, the things that would pull our minds focus, Lord, we give it to you. Give it to you, God. God, the peace that you give, you trade. The joy that you give us, Lord, that you trade us, Lord, that beauty for ashes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. More than enough. More than enough, God. Father, we pray that you would be great in our lives, Lord. God, your desire to do great and mighty things, things that the earth has not yet seen, Lord, it's, it's just you want to do mighty things in our lives and through us, Lord. I pray, help us, Lord, to surrender everything, Lord, whatever it would cost, whatever it would take, God. God, the, the tenacity to hold on to you. God, the boldness to trust you even when others may flake away, when others may, may, may think we're crazy, when others may just wonder what in the world we're thinking. God, what we think is that you are the God of the impossible. And Lord, there's nothing that's impossible for you, nothing too difficult, nothing too heavy. God, nothing too complex, nothing, no situation that's too far gone. God, thank you. You're more than enough, Lord. More than enough, God. Father, that you would continually and increasingly have your way. Thank you, Father. Yeah, God, we love you. Our lives are yours, Lord. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, worship team. Julie and Tiffany, thank you, guys. You know that I can't help but there be this desire to want to, um, you know, like as a, as a parent, you would see a child go through some situations and go through some hard times, and there's a part of you that just wants to come and lift that load from them, you know, and, uh, and I feel like, you know, the heart of, I think, I think it was in Colossians, whenever the prayer is offered up for the body of believers there. So that you, that God would give them strength to stand strong under the, under the uh, trials that they were facing. That God would give them strength to stand strong. That He would make their legs strong. And and I think that sometimes there are situations that we face that God wants to, you know, uh, take us out of. Other times He wants to take us through them. And and the strength that He gives us, the the grace that He grants us to go through. Those, those trying times or those hard times is a grace that is um, needed, I believe, many times for the next season that we would walk into. And, and there are times, and especially during this season, whenever I think there can be this mentality where it's like, you know, I just, oh, I just cannot wait, can't wait to get the shelter going, can't wait to get things, you know, and, and thank God, praise God for that, man. I, I can't wait either. Me and Miss Beverly are out there watching every speck of dirt get moved, you know, and Miss Beverly more so than I. And, uh, and I mean, I'm telling you, you want to play by play of what's going on out there at the property, Miss Beverly, just, just message her, and she's happy to pass it along. And, 
And, and you know, there's nothing wrong with looking forward to that, but God strengthen us in this time we're in. You know, I think that God really wants to bless us in the land of Goshen. I think that he wants us to rise up, and I believe that he really wants us to be blessed beyond what we could comprehend, more than we could understand. And, um, and so God, let it be. Let it be the strength that he wants to cultivate in us. You know, whenever we're under that weight, the temptation is to get out from under it. And, and, and believe me, I can understand why people don't want to do great things for God. Well, not just great, but impossible. I can understand that. I, I get it. But man, I just, I, I cannot shake the conviction that God has called us to this. And, um, you know, I'm just, it's, it's, it's God. There's no explanation outside of it just being God. No way to explain it. I mean, whenever you have people that you're meeting with that really have no, there, there's no, like, frame of reference for them for a, uh, encouragements or words that they're giving you that are just, you can't, you can't describe it any other way other than it just being confirmation, man. It's what God is saying. We, we met with um, uh, a, a business uh, owner here in town. Uh, a few of us had lunch this past week, and man, two things that he said, there, he said, there's two things on my list that I want to share with you, and, and one of them is going to be done today, actually, and we were already planning this for months. We've been praying over it. And, uh, and then the other thing was something we already had in the, it's like he was just reading right from the playbook that God was giving us. And it's like, hey, do this. I need, really need you to do this. And we're like, okay, we'll do that too. And, uh, and it's just confirmation, man. God is in it. God is certainly in it. So uh, we're going to go ahead and dismiss the children for Children's Church. And Amanda, Katrina, thank you guys for ministering to them <clears throat> here this morning. I have a few announcements before I turn it over to, to Greg. And uh, anybody? Yeah, they, go ahead. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Go and get. Actually, go out and get the rest of them donuts that are down there. Sugar them up and send them home. That's the, well, you know, like those donuts end up at our house. And that's okay if we have youth, but we're not having youth tonight. So it's, that's trouble. That's what that is. Okay, so, uh, and if he wants to go down later. Greg, if he wants to go down later, he can too, in a moment. It's whatever he wants. Hey, he's, oh, well, no, he's the boss. Whatever he wants to do, man, he's calling the shots. Here's the microphone, Clinton. Tag, you're it. <laughs> he's like, mm. Okay, a couple of announcements, guys. We have coming this week, Wednesday at 5 o'clock, the men's growth group. That's coming up at Kip Bauer's house. That'll be, again, Wednesday at 5 o'clock for the men. Don't miss that. It is a really good time of being sharpened and encouraged uh, sharpening one another as iron sharpens iron, and, uh, and so maybe so for us. Also coming up, we have a combined church service with Grace Community Church. That's going to be next week, so if you show up here, um, just go to Grace. Just drive on to Grace. There won't be donuts here unless we forget the ones that are here now, and that'll be like a week-old donut that you'll be chomping on, chewing on for the next <laughs> few days. What time is it? 10 o'clock? What? No, you guys are wrong. It's 10:30, man. No, okay. All right. So, okay, I'm going to make a I'm going to make a note. Um, we need to send that send that out because there's going to be a lot of people showing up mid-worship. <clears throat> I think I can make a note that will make sense to me. You ever make notes that are quick and you're like, "Yeah, that makes sense to me right now," but then you look at it later and it's like, 
Who is that? Why did I write that name down? What's that time mean? Okay, so 10 o'clock. Brother, thank you, man. I mean, I would have been there at 1030. I was, I was showing up. I was going to take full advantage of just going to church late, apparently. Okay, so that's next week. We're not going to meet here. We're going to meet at Grace Community. That's on Highway 37, just north of town, and, uh, and it's going to be a really good time. A few churches coming together. Uh, Jason Mason, the pastor of NYLC, is going to preach. I think they're leading worship as well, and a few churches coming together. It's really going to be a good time. Uh, also, coming up, we have the next next week, the Adult and Teen Challenge Men's Choir. They're coming here to minister, and it's going to be the 18th, so in two Sundays. It'll be 10.30 a.m., because that's when God's people meet. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, uh, we know. <laughs> we pack a lunch. How about that? We pack a lunch. But there's going to be testimonies of freedom, testimonies of hope. We've had Teen Challenge come before, and it's just a great time. You really don't want to miss that. So uh, December 18th, uh, Sunday morning here at the church. Don't miss that. Mark your calendars. And then also, uh, just to let you know, we have T-shirts, crewnecks, and hoodies. Those orders are being collected right now. I believe, what time, when, when does that close? December 9th, that's going to close. There is an online store as well. So if you, if you want to scan this QR up here with your phone, you can. Or there are forms that are in the back on the foyer table. And you can fill those things out as much as you want. But if you don't turn them in, it'll mean nothing. Or you can scan the QR or do the link that's on those papers as well. And so uh, it's, it's a little bit easier if you do it all online. But if you want to turn it in and do it that way, that's fine too. And we'll uh, make sure our fax machine is on for you. So, old-fashioned ways of doing stuff. You guys missed that. That's a great joke. Gosh. Fax machine, because the old archaic way of probably people writing checks and stuff, you know? Um, but there's an order form. There, on the order form back there, I believe all of the different colors and stuff are available and sizes. But if you get online, you can actually look and see what they look, what they look like. So, uh, so that's, that's there. And, uh, and just so we know, there's good progress with things out west. Um, there's pretty much, there used to be a house there years ago, and then there used to be like some woods and a shed, and all of that stuff is knocked down. I was looking at some old pictures, and um, what was really left there that needed to be taken care of more recently was moving a lot of dirt, some other stuff that needed to be dug up. There was a house basement that needed to be dug up that was full of junk, and, uh, and so all that stuff got dug up, and the dirt has been filled in, and they've leveled that out somewhat, and I believe they're going to haul in more dirt to, uh, to, to level it out and create a pad for us to build on. So that's kind of the progress of building out west. And so, uh, so we appreciate you know, all the support and prayers and financial support and blank checks that you guys want to give. We so appreciate all of that. And so thank you very much. And um, I think that's it for the announcements. All right. So I want to get into... Um, this next part where we're going to, I told you guys last week there was going to be a big announcement, and you know how small church gossip floats around like crazy. Probably nobody will be surprised by this, but, uh, and that's okay. It really doesn't need to be a secret. This is, that would be good gossip is what that would be. But, uh, but this morning, what we want to do is we want to recognize and install after much prayer and seeking God and confirmation for this, man, I'm telling you, confirmation 
God's hand is in this undeniably. We want to install Greg Graves as our new associate pastor at Family Life Church. Come on. And my, and my brother done wore a blazer and one-upped me. So next week, I'm going to be in a tux. So it's not, I mean, it's, it's going to be at 10 o'clock at Grace, being my tux. <laughs> I really was going to wear a blazer. I so was today, man. Uh, the jacket seemed more warm. So. But, uh, but guys, we, we've prayed um, and sought God on this. Our, our leadership team have given it to them. And, uh, and I, I've had a couple of sources that were just really, and, and brother, I want you to hear this because it's just, it's just God. If there's ever comes a Monday morning where you wonder, like, well, I don't know if that was God or not, you know, in the, in the whatever future, just it's confirmation, man. We hear God, so that's all we need, but the confirmations are nice. There's a, a person that I, I consider him as, as one that is uh, very prophetic, if not operating in the office of a prophet, but very prophetic to say the least. Whatever your theology is, we'll call it whatever you want. Very in tune with God and was saying it. And, and before, before like he knew that we were already thinking it and praying about this and praying towards it and called you out by name. So that needs to be your next associate pastor. You need to raise him up. And I was like, shut up. Shut up, man. You don't even know. That's confirmation. That's God. That's so God. And so what do we do? Well, we prayed about it some more. We wanted to, you know, you know, because you move forward in those things. One of the things that I've seen that I've really been um, just heartbroken over is whenever you raise someone up too fast or you promote someone too fast and, uh, and it hurts them. It crushes them. And, and, and if there would be anything that there would be, you know, wanting to seek the heart of God in that, um, it would be for that purpose. Um, but, brother, I'm telling you, man, God has said go. God has said get going. God has said why aren't you moving? God has said this is the green light you need. Move forward. And, um, and then we were to lunch um, just this past week, a few of us, and, uh, and it's what I was referring to earlier as uh, this business guy. He said, you know what you need? You, you need? you need to have an associate. You need to have somebody that's there. And, uh, and he, he spoke more into the future that, boy, brother, that's going to bless you one day, really. And, um, and he spoke some things that I was just like, wow, you don't even know. I said, Our, and uh, um, actually Luther was with us. And Luther said, hey, won't you come to church with us this Sunday? Because that was this Sunday. And this person had no clue. No, no, like, no access to local church gossip or anything. No, no knowing at all. And, and he said that, and it was just like, brother, it's God, man. It's absolutely God. And I wouldn't say, I wouldn't stand up here and say that if I, if I, I would just sit up here and, and, and have you come up and preach, and I would be praying under my breath, God, let it not be bad. You know, not, not you preaching, but being, you know, operating in that role. And so, uh, so brother, I, I feel so at peace that this is God, his hand is in this, and I don't know what he has in store for the future, but man, I think that we need to buckle up and hold on, because I think he's got some great things in store, man, and uh, however far he wants to take it, we say, God, go, whatever you want, and so it is my honor to uh, have come to the platform, to the podium, Pastor Greg Graves, come on up, brother. 
Tiffany, would you come on up as well? And if you want to stand up in the front here, and what I want to do is I want to um, gather around Pastor Greg and uh, want to pray, pray for him. Sure, our leadership team, come on up, guys. Our Father, we see your hand in our lives in the ways that are just undeniable. And God, we could take steps with just such confidence, with utter confidence, knowing that you've called us. You've anointed, you've appointed, you've, you've chosen, you've handpicked. And who are we, God, that you would be mindful of us? But God, you, you choose us. You cover us in your love and your grace. You cover us in the blood of Jesus Christ and you see us as righteous. You see us as holy. You see us as just precious. The apple of your eye. And Father, I thank you. God, you've, you've brought Greg to this place. And I know just, just bits and pieces of the road that he has taken to get to this place. And Father, I thank you, Lord, for, for that tenacity in him to hold on to you. And a lot of reasons to throw in the towel. A lot of reasons to give up. But I see in this brother a commitment. God, a, a determination to stand strong and to stand tall in your grace and your power. And Father, it's not by might or by power, but it's by your spirit. And I thank you, Lord, your spirit rests upon him. And Father, we bless our brother. We honor him. We do honor him, Father. I thank you, Lord, for the strength, Lord, that he brings to the table. Thank you, God. God, for the grace that comes. Thank you, Father, for this brother. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this pastor. Yeah, he was a pastor before he's ever called that today. He always carried that anointing. He always had that care and that concern, that shepherd's heart for others and loving on them. Thank you for that, God. That gift in him, God. Now may it fan into flame and stay aflame, stay ablaze, stay a, 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 a fire that's contagious. It warms hearts, that, that, that wakes up, that brings people to revival, that brings people to repentance, that brings people to the place they need to be. Thank you for this, God. Thank you for this, God. And Julie, I want to ask you to pray for Tiffany and bless her. Thank you, Father. God, I lift up my sister to you today, God. Lord, we know that Greg and Tiffany are one, so when you yeah. call one, you've called them both. Yeah. Yeah. So, God, I pray that you would empower her. Yeah. God, I pray that you would give her the strength, Lord. Mm -hmm. God, I pray that you would just fill her, God, with just confidence, boldness, Lord, to rise up into this role as well, Father. Lord, that you've put this on both of them, Lord. I pray every lie from Satan that would try to um, discourage or distract, hinder, them yeah. from moving yeah. into their yeah. full place with you, God, that you would just crucify those things, yeah. God. Yeah. I pray that you would help us as a church family to love and support them well, yeah. God. Lord, yeah. I pray that you would honor their home, Lord, bless yeah. it, put your favor yeah. upon it, God. Yeah. It's yeah. God, 
you know that we know personally, God, the things that try to come again. And so I pray over this family, God, just your, your protection, God, your favor. God, I pray that, God, as they grow in this role, Lord, that they would also grow even more in their marriage, in their home life, in their family, God, in their workplaces. God, that you would just, your favor, God, just pour it out over them. God, as they've given their yes to this, Lord, and maybe not even knowing fully what that means, God, we never do when we say yes. God, but I pray that you would just help them each step of the way to remember this moment, God, that they are called, they are chosen. God, that you handpicked them for this purpose, for this time, and for this place, God, and every weapon formed against them will not prosper. Yeah. God, because your hand goes before them, it goes behind them, it's all around them. God, just speak your truth over them and let them remember it, Lord. God, let them know how loved and how cherished they are by this church family. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Anybody else have anything to pray? Father, I just want to thank you, Father, for you touching my son, Yeah. <laughs> we just praise on him on half, Father. Yeah. We give you all the honor and the glory, yeah. Father, through yeah. your son Jesus, we pray. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. I've been told to turn it over to Tiffany now. So <laughs> Tiffany, by, by Tiffany. She, told, <laughs> she stepped right into this role. She's like, I got this now. No, here you go. Good morning, everybody. Um, we just want to make a quick presentation. Um, for those, those of you who don't know, yesterday was Julie's birthday. Um, <laughs> And so we just want to take a little time to make sure that she knows how much her church family appreciates and loves her. Because um, really it's a blessing for us that she saw another birthday because we would be the ones most affected if that was not so. So we just thank you for just serving. Um, I know since I've known you, you have been such a consistent support for me 
you know, and I, it's crazy how God works sometimes because I never would have thought that things would happen the way they did, but I'm so grateful, even though it doesn't look like what I thought it would look like. Um, so we just thank you for serving. We thank you for loving on us. We thank you for being our quiet little storm, going in the trenches and fighting for us. So we just want to present this to you if you want to come on up. Big head couldn't fit that earpiece. I think I extended that a little too much. <laughs> oh man, I thought she was gonna do that after I preach. I thought I said, "How do you think me to preach after that?" Um, man, let me just go into a word. Let's pray. Gracious, loving Father, Lord, we thank you. We give you praise for all that you have done. Lord, we just pray that you will help us. Help us in our struggles. Help us to become stronger. Help us to overcome those things that are holding us back, Lord. You see the potential in every one of us. From the pulpit to the front door, Lord God, that you have called all of us and you have assignment for all of us to do those things. And Lord, we just pray that we will open up our hearts, our mind, and our soul to you, Lord God, that we will position ourselves to hear you that we may please you in our job and the work that you have required for us, Lord. We thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> if you would um, open up your Bibles and turn to Galatians chapter 6. We're going to read verses 1 through 5. Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. And it reads, live cradily, friends. If someone falls into sin, forgivably restore him, saving your critical comments for yourself. You might be needing forgiveness before the day's out. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. If you think you are too good for that, you are badly deceived. Make a careful explanation of who you are are the, who you are and the work you have been given, and then seek yourself into that. Don't be oppressed, impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. I'm going to talk to you today about help me help you. Turn to your neighbor and say, help me help you. Help isn't a one-way street. <clears throat> if you didn't know that, help isn't a one-way street. So many times you see people that they want, they want. And it seems that they're just wanting all the time isn't beneficial, isn't helping them. You find some people, they feel like they're helpless, they can't do anything. So they always want somebody to help them with every single thing that they need, like they're a newborn baby. Then on the other end, we have some people that feel like they never need help. I can do it all by myself. But that's not what Christ wants from us. 
that we have to rely on our brothers and our sisters in Christ, that we need those help, that all of us are on different levels. And so Christ is calling us to be able to help each other when we're struggling. I remember when I was trying to get a job in high school, and I was going out, my dad's like, boy, you need to get to work. You're not playing football right now, get you a job. So I'm going out trying to get me a job, nobody's hiring me. Like, man, I'm young, don't have an experience, my resume is just blank. You know, junior in high school, just, somebody just hired me. And so I was walking out, going to an interview, my dad was like, where are you going? I said, I'm going to interview. He said, dress like that? I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just a high school kid. He's like, boy, if you don't go upstairs and put on your best outfit like you going to church. I was like, dad, he said, get upstairs and put it on. So I go upstairs, and I'm like, man, what are, he don't know what he's talking about. You know how we do when we're young, especially teenagers. Man, that old man, you know, I'm sitting, I'm sitting in my head because I know I ain't going to say it out loud. So I'm doing it. I'm just upstairs just mad and pouting. I'm like, man, I got to put this on. I hate wearing a tie. I'm going to put this on and all this stuff. And he said, all right, that looks better. He got everything ironed. I said, yes, sir. He said, all right, go out there. So I go and I sit there and that interview lasted about two minutes. I said, you're hired. I said, like, what? I came back and said, get your job, didn't you? I said, yes, sir. He said, see, I told you. So you can't be going out there just looking any kind of way if you want somebody to hire you and pay you to do a job. And so it was the wisdom that he carried that because of the experience that he went through that he knew what it took in order to get a job. So when we want something, it's very wise that we listen to those who have been there to carry us through. And then I'm reminded of another story. I remember when my son, my wife, she decided, not me, it's like, let's have a third child. I said, no, I don't think that's good. No, let's, she's like, look, our neighbors, they was wanting a girl, they got a girl. I said, I don't want no other kids. She's like, but come, don't you, don't you want a boy? I was like, look, you know my sister, she got five girls and one boy. That's not going to be me. No way. She's like, come on. And so months we argued. And so she got pregnant. And probably the most complications you had out of all three of them, right, was Clinton. A lot of complications. And, and so we wasn't expected to know <clears throat> if we was going to have a girl or a boy yet. And so we're sitting there in the, in the office, and going around, she's like, you want to know what you're having? And looking. And I'm used to seeing girls, so I know what girls look like. So that looked different. I said, that's a boy. And I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. And she was like, whoo. She's like, I was nervous, because if it's going to be another girl, I was going to have to hear your mouth. And I said, yeah, yeah, you, you sure was going to have to hear it. And so right when we had to schedule a C-section for Clinton, uh, because Tiffany was uh, diabetic, they said that boys are stubborn when they come out. They're stubborn with breathing on their own and everything. And so when they was, when they was going to deliver the baby, they was going to have to rush them over to these doctors to start working with them, to making sure that he's, that he's breathing on his own and everything. And so, you know, I'm kind of like, man, we're used to having the baby, getting to hold the baby right away. But we had to trust that the doctors knew what they was talking about. <clears throat> and so we go into this operating room. I kid you not, it's probably about 10 doctors, with 10 doctors and nurses all in this room. I'm like, man, all of y'all just for this one baby? I'm like, good gracious. And so Clinton came out. 
they rushed him over, and there was three doctors working on him. And so we, we wasn't able to hold him right away because we had to trust these doctors to know that they were right what they needed to work on and able for Clinton to be able to breathe on his own and to operate on his own. And so with that, you see him big and healthy as, as can be because we allow someone with experience to help us. <clears throat> but sometimes in leadership, what Paul is talking about is that we don't always do what's right as leaders. And so the first point I want to talk about is don't forget. When someone has fallen into sin, those that are spiritual, those that are wise and helping, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget how you needed someone to help you and how you was handled with grace, that you need to return that to your fellow brother and sister. But how quick are we to forget that? And so my thing is that we must understand that we got to take our time when dealing with people. Take our time with, with handling people because people are sometimes are fragile. That sometimes we may say something not meaning to hurt someone's feelings. And once we recognize that, we must be quick to apologize and to helping them. And so take our time and don't forget. But on the flip side of that, those that has fallen, remember that leaders are here to help you help you get out of that ditch, not to help you dig deeper. This is where the world makes it hard and has done a good job at deceiving us with, when it comes to being helped. Remember, I talk about help is a two-way street. And so a lot of times, people feel like they're being judged off of you trying to tell them, like, hey, that's wrong. Like I tell my son, it's wrong that you don't like Chick-fil-A. I'm just, I'm just telling you that that is a sin. And it will send you, it won't send you to heaven. So, son, I know he's not in here, but we got to pray for We should have had him up here laying hands on him. Like, you got to like Chick-fil-A. My oldest daughter, she's always loved it. My second one, Olivia, she struggled at first. And I'm like, Lord, please get this child on, on the line. She needs that anointed fried chicken that's cooked in that anointed oil. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. My buddy brought me some yesterday and... I was, I was nice enough to share with my wife. It, it, both the sandwiches were for me, but I said, you know what, Lord, I'm going to share with my wife. She, she, she can get some of that anointing, too. But, you know, I, I joke about that, but there are sins that we struggle with that we see in people, and sometimes we're hesitant to sit down and talk to people because what's the first thing that we hear? Oh, you're judging me. Well, we all judge, but it's how we judge. And the Bible, and right here is talking about that we must make sure that we're gentle and understanding. Because at some point, we was doing the same thing, if not close or worse, than what we're seeing with our brothers. So we must understand that even when we're in fault, when somebody is pointing that out to us and they're doing it the right way, they're not going on Facebook blasting you about what you're doing, they're not calling you out in front of everybody in church. They're going to you one-on-one and trying to help you. You must understand that this is, this is going to benefit you in the long run. Because if not, Proverbs 1 and 7 talks about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fool despise wisdom and instruction. So we are a fool 
if we don't listen to what God is trying to speak through us or speak to the person that's talking to you, that's trying to better you. We can't be stubborn. But then as, as being the leader, I want to, I, Jonah really popped out on me when we're talking about dealing with people and, and putting judgment on people and trying to help them in their sin. Now Jonah, in chapter 2, he was, he was in the fish's belly because he refused what God refused to do what God called him to do. All right? So he ran, did the complete opposite. God got him into the belly of the fish. And then in chapter 3, Jonah started praying and reprinting. Lord, I forgive me. It's all this long prayer that he's praying to God, get me out of this belly. I'm going to do what you want me to do. He gets out in chapter 3, repent, and he's going. Chapter 4, He's telling this town, Nineveh, repent. God's not pleased with you, y'all, y'all, all this stuff. And they repent. They believe him. And then what does he do? He gets mad. He wants them to be destroyed. We can't be like that when it comes to dealing with people. We can't sit there wanting someone to be destroyed for our own entertainment. That is not what God has called us to do. God has called us to help, to see people prosper. I would love that everybody here, you know, we didn't have to struggle and live paycheck to paycheck. That would be nice if everybody had their own nice luxury car and house and all stuff they could think of a dream. That would be so nice. But that's not always going to be the case. That's not what Christ is going to allow for us. And so we must understand that when helping someone, we want them to get better. We don't want them to dig deeper in the hole that they built. The second point that I have is the law of Christ. When it talks about completing the law of Christ, what is that? In Mark 12, verse 30 through 31, it says, And you shall love your God, love the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it, is this. You shall love your neighbors as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. If we're going to be beneficial to someone, whether you're in position or you have a title or not, it doesn't matter. How you want someone to treat you is the way you treat other people. This world we live in, they are so wishy-washy that they know good and well the way that sometimes they treat people is not the way they want to be treated. And so we struggle. People struggle with that. Tell my, get on my kids and I fuss at them. And then sometimes I'm like, man, you know what? I might have went too hard on them. And I start remembering all the things that I've done when I was their age. And I go back and I tell them, I said, baby, baby, y'all doing so much better than what y'all daddy was when I was y'all age. I'm just telling y'all right now. I read my mom, she kept some of my report cards with the age. <laughs> they was like, who report card is this? They was like, all oh, these D's and L's. They was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I said, thank the Lord, y'all don't get any D's or L's. I said, I think they might have got one C, you know. And so I explained to him, I said, yeah, daddy just, he had to learn the hard way. You know, I'll act up. And then next thing I know, I'm like, uh, Gregory need to go to the office. And I see my dad sitting there in his work outfit. He didn't leave work to come to school. I know it was going to end well for me. I knew it wasn't. 
But he had to do that in order for me to get out of where I was at. Now, some people would be like, well, that's not, that's not love. Yes, it is. Yes, in order to understand at a young age that sometimes punishment is great. But it's how we do it. It's how do we understand, like, what do our kids need? Now, with my kids, I just take them tablets away, and they just, ah! I just look at them like, I ain't had to touch them. Just take the tablet away. They fall out like I was when I was getting my butt lit up. I'm like, just take the tablet away. Tell them they got to clean the kitchen up. That's just, I, that just works great. And so I understand that some of these things are going to help them with love. Amen. Amen. And so how we treat people. And so when we're talking with people, when we're trying to help someone, think, think before you say something. Think about how, if you was them, how would you want to be done? Now, my son, he don't like Chick-fil-A. So I tricked him one time. We had some, he wanted some chicken nuggets or whatever, and Maya had some chicken tenders or something from McDonald's. And I said, oh, these are the little chicken strips or whatever from McDonald's. And I gave him some, he's looking at me, he's like, you trying to trick me? And I'm like, try not to smile. And I'm trying to keep a straight face. And he keeps looking at me with that look like, I don't know. And he takes a little bite and he looks at me. I'm like, I'm just leaving the room. So I left the room and he's like, it was actually kind of pretty good. I said, mm-hmm. I said, you like that Chick-fil-A, didn't you? He was like, oh, I knew it. I knew it. He said, that's why I didn't finish it, Daddy. And I was like, oh, man, trying to get him. But, you know, when we talk about dealing with people and loving people, you know, in spite of my son not loving Chick-fil-A, it hurts. Sometimes I don't sleep at night, you know. Uh, I have to love him. And I thought about just dropping them off somewhere or trading them in, but I can't. <laughs> I can't. Tiffany wouldn't allow me to do that. So I have to, uh, have to keep them and keep working on them, you know, slowly. But we don't give up. When we're talking about people that really are struggling with things, we don't give up. And we got to understand when to say something and when not to. I got a buddy that I would love for him to be back in church. You know, me and him have so much in common going through life. And, you know, there'll be times we'll take a little road trip and I'll say something, you know, about church. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. You know, then I'll leave it alone for a while and I'll come back with it. Um, but there was a video clip of this guy. He, he had the opportunity to win like $100,000, something like that, at the Lakers game. And it was a half-court shot. And he made it. And he just, ah! Over the place. He was screaming, high-fiving everybody, just so excited. He went up to an NBA player, hugged him, gave him a high-five. And I sent that video to him, and I said, brother, I said, that's going to be me when I see you walk into church. And he just smiled, and I said, I'm so serious. I'm so serious, because I know what he needs. He knows it, but I have to understand and show him the love, the compassion, and pray that Lord will continue to work on his heart. Amen. <clears throat> and then we start digging into, back into the leader and how we do things. But then there's talk about, in verse 3, where Paul describes one to think of himself to be something when he is nothing, is self-deceived. And this is, it wasn't us. It wasn't us. It wasn't us that had to carry that cross up to Calvary. 
It wasn't us that were stretched out and put up on, on that cross to die for our sins. It wasn't us that, that buried all that so we can have life and life more abundantly. And once we understand that, we will know that we have no reason to boast in pride and boast in ourselves because it's Christ that has given us the power and not us ourselves. Paul knows that because Paul knows good and well that he was no good. The path that he was going on, thinking that he was right, killing this Christian, and God had to stop him in his tracks and be like, hold up. This isn't right. This isn't right. And so Paul understands that. Paul knows that we need Christ. He needs Christ. Paul would always talk about himself as being a servant of God, serving people. He wasn't on a high horse about how God, what God done for him. And so we must understand that it's not us ourselves. And then in verse 4, it talks about how, how we must test our own work. That when, when we do this, his reasons for boasting when we'll be in ourselves alone, but not comparing ourselves. Because comparison is so contagious. Well, I'm not as bad as brother so-and-so. But you know what? I'm doing a lot better than, than sister so-and-so. And so we look at what someone has done in their lives. And we compare to see where do we rank. Well, I think I'm going to compare myself to LeBron James in basketball. Knowing good well, that's not a good example of what you need to examine yourself, to compare yourself to. I'm comparing myself to this particular preacher and that pastor. And we end up doing more harm than good to ourselves, comparing one another, looking at someone's weakness and dwelling on that. Just so we can cover up our mess, we're going to focus on someone else. And that has become very contagious because that's a lot of times what we see when we do things. Some of the kids that I work with, you know, they would love to say that. Well, so-and-so did this and nothing happened to him. Well, he did this and you didn't say nothing. Why you say something to me? And so we had that back and forth comparison trying to get themselves out of their trouble putting the mirror and the reflection on someone else. And so we must understand that we're no better than anyone else. And when we think that we're at the head, we're not. Luke 13 and 30 says the last in line will be put at the head of the line. And the so-called first will end up last. It wasn't us on the cross. It was Jesus. And he will place us according to how we present ourselves, how we operate in his church. This is his company. He's the CEO. We're just managing in the positions that he has placed us in. And so it's his job. It's his job to boast, not us. And so we understand when we represent him that we must do this right. And last thing I want to talk about is our responsibility. Paul declares that each person will bear his own load. Some burdens and responsibilities are non-transferable. My father would tell me all the time at a young age, if you don't know, just ask. If you need to do something, you don't know how to do it, just ask. We all have an assignment, like I've said before. 
And there's times where we've never done something before and we're trying to figure it out and our mind is just about to explode. We got a migraine. All because we won't ask someone, how do I do this? How do I handle this the right way? Because I'm lost. I'm confused. Don't allow pride to stop you in doing this. And so now we know that Jesus won't do everything for us, but we have to put in some work ourselves. A man that don't work, don't eat, as the Bible says. And I love to eat, so I got to work. If you don't like to eat and you don't want to work, that's up to you, but we must work. We are required to put in work. It's not a bad word. We all need to work. And when our time comes and we don't have to work no more and you're done, that's, that's good. But while we have the strength, it's required for us to put in the work for our lives. Amen? I'm going to end with this story. Help me help you. You post this, put the picture up if you can. After a jury sentence, this officer, Ms. Geiger, to prison for murder. This was an officer who killed, she went into the wrong apartment in Texas, and she shot, killed the guy in the apartment. National news, people protest, riot. Um, I believe other officers were shot and killed through all that. Um, this made a lot of news. And so during the trial, after she was sentenced to, to prison for murder for 10 years, the guy that was killed, his brother, asked the judge if he could go up and give his remarks. And so he went up there, and he could have went off. Like most people do, they get mad and burn in hell. You should get prison for the rest of your life. He didn't do this. He forgave her. And then he asked the judge if he can go give her a hug. And the judge, she was sitting there, judge kept, she was sitting there, and she was like, I don't know. And he asked her, can I please? And she could see in his, in his eyes, in his face, that he was sincere. And so he got out, went up there, and he gave her a hug, showing love, the Christ love that is needed in this world. And so he does that. He goes sit down. After it was all over and she received her 10 years, the judge, like she always does, she goes and she greets both sides. Every time that she deals with these things, Judge Kip, she comes into her office, reads her Bible, goes out there, and she tries to make sure that she does everything as fair as possible. And so when she went over to give words of encouragement to, to Geiger, she said, I, t I told her, Geiger, um, the brother has forgiven you. Now please forgive yourself that you can live a productive life when you get out of prison. She looked at the judge and she asked if I thought her life could have purpose. 
and the judge recalled, I said, I know that it can. She said, I, and then Geiger said back to her, I don't know where to start. I don't have a Bible. And the judge said she thought of the Bible in her chamber. And this is the Bible that she always has, that she's reading from all the time. You know how sometimes how we get, we get a particular Bible. It's mine. Nobody can have it. Nope, nope, nope. It's my favorite. My great-granddaddy had it and passed it on down to me. Nobody can have this. This is mine. That Bible was special to her. She went into the office, grabbed that Bible, and she came back and she read John 3.16. It passes about redemption. And this is when Geiger did something that caught the judge off guard. She asked her for a hug. And this is where, after receiving the Bible, that she reaches out and the judge comes back and they hug each other. Remember, help me help you. Geiger has accepted that she has done wrong and she's needing help. She's needing it. And the judge could have been stuck up, turned her nose the other way, but like, nope, you killed that guy. I you should have got more than 10 years. But she did what she was taught by reading the word. I don't know what the outcome is going to be with Geiger. Through prison, when she gets out, but even in the midst of all this chaos, she knew that Christ was the answer to everything. She didn't compare Geiger to anybody else. She didn't let what she did stop her from giving the favorite Bible that she loved to hand it to someone that you know what, Maybe she might stick with it, maybe not. We don't know. But God spoke through her and told her that this is what you needed to do. And she obeyed. Don't allow what someone's done stop you from preaching a word to them, from showing them love. After she done all this, people want to, you know, social media and the news, they want to twist it all up because they don't want black and whites to work together. They want to keep fighting. They want to keep everybody divided. How can she do that? One guy said, when I was wrongly accused, no judge didn't give me a hug. And was it her? No. It should be separation from religious and, and the court. We shouldn't have all that. Sometimes you will tell somebody, just shut up. I always say that, but sometimes it's like, you know what? Here you have a judge actually trying to help somebody, to redeem somebody after they've done something wrong and now you want to hammer them on them. But that's how the world is. They don't understand Christ's love. They don't understand that Christ has forgiven us. Even yet when we was in sin, he still loved us. I don't understand it. 
The way that I was acting up when I was young all the time, the amount of whoopings I got, I can't even count. It was so many. All I remember was they didn't, they didn't feel good, but yet I kept being dumb and kept doing them over and over again. And then one day, that light switch came on. I said, I don't need no more of them butt whippings. And I'm pretty sure my parents were like, yes. Probably wearing their shoulders out. <laughs> but we must accept that Christ loves us and he wants the best for us. He wants it. Whether you know it or not, whether you feel it or not, whether you understand that he wants the best. And it's up to us to show that with one another. So when we say, hey, do you need some help? Think about it. Man, do I need some help while I'm dealing with it? Brother, can I talk to you for a minute? Can you pray for me? Don't say, just pray for me. And just, no, open up. Open up if you're feeling something that's bothering you with a brother or sister that you can trust. Don't trust social media putting your problems on there. Expecting someone to give you some good advice. You might get it, maybe. But everybody's going to be wondering what's going on with you. What you going. And next thing you know, you got people ain't called you in two, three years calling you. So what's going on? What you doing, girl? What you doing, boy? Just trying to be nosy. But here in this place, in this church, when we're struggling, when we have our men's group, when we have our women's group, children's church, all those things that we can share. We can ask for prayer to help me. Help me get out of this slump that I'm in. My legs are moving, but I'm going nowhere. Help me. Help me so I can help you. But I can't help you if you don't open up. I can't help you if you don't let me carry you through the way. So if I can get you out of this slump, just like the word just said, because you never know if it might happen to you. So when I'm down, you got my back. As the assistant pastor, it's my job to help Pastor Ken out as much as possible. But this title means nothing if I don't assist him. If he calls me and I never call him back that's no good that's no good if we can't do our part and so the altar is open for anybody that needs to come whether you need prayer you want somebody to pray for you or if you want to come down here and pray for yourself God is saying let my people help you have placed people all around you to carry you through. All those times when I was acting up being young, you know back then parents wanted to know who your friends were and who their parents were before you could hang out with them. They wanted to know the whole thing. So there were certain friends that I couldn't have. Nah, you can't go over there. It's not safe. But I thank God because I was able to have a friend who dad ended up helping me get started in ministry. And so Pastor Taylor has been knowing me since I was in the third grade. He knew all the bad things that I've done. He knew all that stuff. 
His wife was a teacher. She was like, oh, great, that boy terrible. So sometimes I couldn't hang around Lauren. Sometimes I could, sometimes I couldn't. But as I got mature and I got start, stopped getting into trouble, I was able to hang around him. And when he started molding and shaping me in the ministry, he was tough on me. Not realizing that I needed that toughness. I needed that tough love. Because as parents, we need that backup. We need some help because we're, we're not there all the time. And so he would be so tough on me and I would get mad. I'm like, why are y'all so tough on me? And I got mad and I left the church. And all the things that he taught me that I didn't need to do, I started seeing it in other ministers. And I started watching and the Lord started reminding me all the things that they were trying to teach you. You didn't want to take that in. And so I went back and I apologized. And I said, y'all help me. Somebody said, no, we was a little hard. I said, no, I needed that. God knows what we need. And sometimes we're going to be probably a little upset. But that's okay. But what we can't do is what I did is leave because we got upset. Because somebody told us something that we know that's not right. If, if my son's downstairs flipping rattle bottles and he ain't supposed to and that bottle opens up and water splash everywhere, it would not hurt my feelings if somebody fussed at him because he needed it. We can't be like that. We need that because the world we live in, these people are running wild and crazy. They don't care where they end up. Some of them don't, but we care. So will you come? If not, just think about what you need help with from the Lord. What's the very thing that you're fighting against that you feel like, you know what, I don't want to share this with nobody? I'm just going to keep it all inside. I'm not saying you got to talk to me. But are you going to talk to somebody that's going to give you the right advice, the right wisdom? That's going to take you the right way. Or are you going to go to someone that has no idea what they're talking about? And say, you know what, yeah, just act a fool. That's, that's the way to do it. That girl, that was me, I would have went off on them. What is that going to do? What is that going to do? Let's pray. Precious love of God, Lord, we thank you and we give you praise. Lord, we pray that you will help us be gentle with one another, but also be gentle on ourselves. Be understanding in how we deal with people, how we love on people how we give wisdom, how we judge one another, but we judge to help in private, not to see ourselves condemning one another, but loving. Lord, in the places that we're in right now, Lord, we just pray that you would meet us right here, Lord God, that we know that you will send us help Send us help to pull us out of the slump that we're in, Lord God, to give us strength 
to bear the things that we have to bear on our own. But when it gets tough and we can't bear it, Lord God, we know that you're right there in the midst to help us carry it through. So, Lord, we love you. And we thank you and we praise you, Lord God. You're worthy. And we just pray that our hearts and our minds, Lord, would always focus on you. Allow us to be patient. We thank you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.